Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Things that are going to happen, everything's going to open up. Yeah, it's okay. You can abort your child. It's okay. They wouldn't allow us. The church wouldn't allow us. The light that was in the world, they, they spoke against it. Well, guess what? Your body means more than anything that's growing inside of you. And boy, it sounds so good. You can do it. Here's the method you can do it. And everyone will go, yeah, yeah. And you don't need guns. Hi everyone and welcome to Truth in Christ. As we learn about the four horsemen, we learn the first horseman appears to be the final satanic dictator over man. We see that he will be more ruthless than all previous dictators were. He will rule over man as a false messiah and lead man in organized rebellion against God. He is the one often called the Antichrist. The modern political and social scene is certainly set for the emergence of such a political leader. All that waits is for the Lord to allow it in His timing after He takes His church from this earth. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. A battle yet. Smooth operator. The physical nature of this onslaught will come with the second rider, which we're going to look at now. Verse 3, when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come and see, another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted. Notice, it was granted to him. He didn't demand it. He didn't get of, of his own resources. It was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword, fiery red. What does it speak of? Red always is a symbol of power. And of bloodshed and that's what it is notice that this writer is given permission by god to do this he was granted he was given a sword he was given concerning satan he has to get permission from god to destroy or to do anything he is not a free agent he can't just do as he pleases he is not omnipresent he is not omniscient he is not omnipotent he is a dog on a leash and God only allows him. And these, this writer, this second writer, is given certain things. Granted by God. Does that surprise you? Does that, does that worry you? We see it in scripture. Look at uh, in Revelation. Chapter 20. Verse 1 and 2, it says, The angel of the Lord came down from heaven, having the, an angel. It doesn't even tell what angel it is. This angel in, in Revelation 20 comes down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. 
He laid hold of that dragon, that old serpent, who was called the devil and Satan, and he bound him for a thousand years. During the beginning of, at the end of the tribulation period, in the beginning of the millennial reign, this being, this Satan that has been the problem for centuries from the beginning, from Eden, is going to be chained up and thrown into the abuso, and he can't do a thing for a thousand years. He's going to sit down there and think about what he's done, what he's done. God's going to put a dunce hat on him and turn him into the corner. But God gives permission. What does it say in Job? There was a day, Job chapter 1, verse 6, there was a day when the sons of God, these these angels, came to present themselves before the Lord. And notice, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? Notice that Satan is in heaven, approaching the throne of God. And that's where he is right now. That's a kind of a funny thought, isn't it? He has access to heaven. He's still in the heavenly realm. He still has access to God, but that day's coming when God is going to thrust him out and he will no longer have that access to heaven like he does now. And as we see in Job, Satan also came from among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? And Satan answered and said to the Lord, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in all the earth, a blameless and an upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. And Satan answered and said to the Lord, Does Job Job fear God for nothing? You have made a hedge around him, around his household, around all that he has on every side. You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in in the land. But now, stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord gives him permission. The Lord said, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. And so Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. He did exactly that. God gave him permission to go a certain distance and no further. There are some people today that think that Satan is just, he can do what he wants. No, everything that he does, he can only do by allowance. And that's really scary too, isn't it? Because sometimes you see some things and you think, Lord, why would you allow this? Why would you allow this? Why? I don't understand. And it's because of our limited understanding. It's hard. That's why we have to believe by faith. And it's not a blind faith. The faith that we have with Jesus is very clear. It's very substantiated. But it's something that nobody can... Nobody should be able to rest out of your hands. It's a, it's a faith that, that nobody can see, except they can see it in your life as you walk, right? Because isn't that what happens when we, when we put feet on the things that we read, the things that we know? That becomes a witness, doesn't it? People can see that there's something different about you. And hopefully they do. Hopefully they see something different about all of us. If Christ is in me, there ought to be a difference. Is there a difference in you? Do, do your co-workers, do your family, do they see somebody different standing before them than before you got saved? I hope so. If not, you need to go back to the prayer closet and say, Lord, what happened to me? What happened to my faith? Have I been so comfortable with the world that it's been slowly dripping like water on sandstone? and it's, Has it eroded my faith? Lord, bring me back. Is that where you're at? I pray that everyone's faith is strong and abiding and, and getting better. We see the same thing in Job chapter 2. It says, again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves again. And the Lord said to Satan, where are you coming from? Satan says, oh, going for a to and from the earth, walking up and down. 
And he says, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him. He's a blameless and an upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. And still he holds fast to his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. And Satan answered him and said, skin for skin, yes. All that a man has, he will give for his own life. But stretch out your hand on him now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord says, try it. The Lord has an unfair advantage, doesn't he? He knows Job. Job doesn't even know himself. Satan doesn't know what God knows. God, is, God knows all things, and he knows something. I mean, he, he's thinking to himself, you know what? He could have told Satan this, but inside the counsels of God, he's saying, I know my servant Job. He's going to go through a, he's going to be right on the edge of his, losing his mind, but when I, I'm going to be with him, and I'm going to get him through it, and at the end, he's going to have twice as much as he ever had before. His faith is going to be grounded in me. He's going to see now, not with just the hearing ear, but now Job said, I've seen you with my own eyes. I've seen the way you work. It's like you're standing before me. And all of this was given to Satan to do. He is on a leash, just as he is in here in Revelation. Let's go back to verse 4 here. So this, this, this horse, this fiery red, it takes peace from the earth. And the Antichrist, he brings peace. He comes with a bow. He comes with a promise, a treaty. With diplomacy, he is going to destroy When peace and safety, when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction is going to come upon them. He is going to, the second rider is going to remove that false peace that many will receive. The false peace that the Antichrist on the white horse would bring, this false peace that he's going to bring would be necessary because the world is just going to undergo something they've never seen before. Millions of people are going to vanish in the rapture. Is that going to create some stir in the world? You better believe it. And this one, I believe, is going to be able to say, I know where they went. I know where they're at. Like the world shaking, like a dog shaking himself and flicking off the water and flicking off the ticks. And the bugs off of him when he's been rolling around in the mud. The earth has shook too. And those people are gone to destruction. Now we can embrace peace. We now can have everything we've ever wanted. That they have stood in the way of for so long. Do you realize that there's going to be a flood of deception when the church is removed? In Second Thessalonians it talks about, He who restrains will, be, will restrain until he is taken out of the way. And then that wicked one will be revealed with all lying signs and power. He is going to deceive the world. And believe me, the things that are going to go through, the laws... The things that are going to happen, everything's going to open up. Yeah, it's okay. You can abort your child. It's okay. They wouldn't allow us. The church wouldn't allow us. The light that was in the world, they, they spoke against it. Well, guess what? Your body means more than anything that's growing inside of you. And boy, it sounds so good. You can do it. Here's the method you can do it. And everyone will go, yeah, yeah. And you don't need guns. tell you it's going to be a wicked wicked time so this rider represents war not only domestic but international there will be civil upheaval in this time you think it's bad now you think what we see in portland is bad right now it looks like hell when you see the videos it looks like hell satan is having a field day and he's got the minds of these mayors and governors they're right close to him close to his bosom he's got them in his hands 
They are insane. They want to defund the police. What kind of thing is happening in our country? What kind of insanity is happening? Why? Why are people losing their minds? Why are people supposed to be serving the public losing their minds? I don't know about you, but this makes me angry. Is anybody angry? Who's going to protect you when they defund the police? Who, who's going to come to the school when a, the next school shooting happens? I remember seeing a, a thing in California where a bunch of people were together and like, defund the police, and they're all teachers. And I'm like, well, who's going to come to your, your school when, they're come, when a, a guy comes in with an AK-47 who's mentally insane, probably de- demon-possessed? Who's going to come then? You going to pull out your squirt gun? They've lost their minds. But there can never be peace on the earth in its fullest ideal until the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, comes. Until then, there is going to be a false peace. Notice, and when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a black horse, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And so this obviously speaks of weights and measures. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. A quart, literally in this thing, is, is a, roughly a, a, a little less than a quart in our society in our in our culture in our uh, weights and measures that's really what this is about so in a denarius is something that you a wage that you would earn for an entire day's work so guess what at this time there's going to come a point when this second rider comes or um when this rider comes on the scene there's going to be famine and your day's wage think about it how much do you get in a day 80 100 dollars 120 dollars maybe average for some people to work, all of that's going to go for basically a loaf of bread. There won't be anything left. That's how bad it's going to get. That's how bad it's going to get. So this speaks of famine and uh, hyperinflation. John Walvoord said this, a, a really wonderful brother, uh, great pastor, great theologian, great prophecy expert. He says, to put it in ordinary language, the situation would be such that one would have to spend a day's wage for a loaf of bread with no money left over to buy anything else. In fact, I was looking at some statistics. Going back to down along the, the bottom here, you'll see the years, 1930, 1940, all the way up to 2010. And you'll notice that um, it talks about disposable income, personal income. And disposable personal income is money that you have after income tax. After income tax is taken out, what you have left over is your disposable personal income. And it shows here along the uh, left side of this graph the percentage of personal income that people had back even in 1930 right around the time of the Great Depression, notice it was 24%. So 24% of my DPI or my uh, disposable personal income, 24% of that roughly was used for food. That's That's quite a lot, wouldn't you say? That's nearly a quarter, right? And then ever since then, up until the current day, in fact, I looked at some statistics going up to the March 2020, and actually this line pretty much just stays stays there about 9.6, 9.5, 9.8, somewhere in that area. It's the lowest it's ever been. It's the lowest it's ever been. And the amount of money that people have gotten... Their, 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 um, their disposable personal income, starting way back in the 50s, has gone like this ever since. So we've got this great 
disposable income and our food, the, the, amount, the, the percentage that we spend on food is getting lower and lower. Even in 2008, when we had what we called the Great uh, Recession, remember that? It was still at 9.6. 9.6 of our DPI was used on food. And why do I bring that up? Because when this occurs, when this, when this horseman comes onto the scene, it is going to make the Great Depression look like child's play. No, no, the, our world has never seen anything like it. It's going to make the 24% disposable personal income, <laughs> it's going to be nearly 100%. That's how bad things are going to get. We've never, ever experienced anything like that, ever. Even in the Great Depression, when people were jumping out of windows, when their investments were drying up, when they knew that they, the food was going to be expensive and they lost all this money, they jumped out of windows. What's it going to be like when nearly 100% occurs? When a whole day's wage is just going to buy you enough food for you, when he opened the fourth seal, verse 7, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, now a pale horse. And the name, and this is the first horse that's actually given a name. The name who sat on him was Death, and Hades followed with him. And power was given to him over a fourth of the earth. To do what? To kill with the sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. This pale horse, it's an ash-colored horse. It's a pale color. The, the, the word in the original language is chloro which is where we get chlorophyll. And it's, it's a greenish color, but this color is like a yellowish, greenish, kind of sickly color. It's the kind of color you feel when you're nauseous. You know what I mean? It's the color you feel when you're nauseous. That's this pale horse. One author said that this color gives the image of a corpse in the advanced stages of decomposition. This is how ugly and what does this signify? Famine and plagues. Pestilence. Are we getting a taste of it now? Right now, we're right in the middle of this thing. And it's really not that bad. Honestly, this thing's just a little bit worse than the flu, a little bit. And yet, we're locked down. Don't go outside. So much fear. I don't know about you, but I've probably overstepping what I'm saying here, but I'm sick of this. I think there's a truth. I think we've been bamboozled to some extent, to a large extent. Take care of the elderly, absolutely. But the rest of us, my opinion, we should get back to work. We should get back to church. Do the right things. So he looked and noticed this pale horse. The name on him was Death. This, this word is Thanatos. So this is interesting. This is literally the physical death of the body. And I don't understand uh, that it speaks of them, you know, death, Thanatos, and Hades. We know what Hades is, right? Hades is that the abode of the dead, the underworld, where a person goes, if they reject Christ, where do they go? They go to hell. We call that Hades. That's where they go. It's a holding pattern. It's a holding place. Until the great white throne judgment where death and Hades are cast into the lake of fire, which is Gehenna, which is the eternal state. And so when anybody goes there, it is not a pretty place. All your friends are not there partying with Jim Beam and Jack Daniels and listening to Charlie Daniels. 
Your friends aren't having a party there. They are in great suffering. Hopefully they're not. Yeah, man, see you in hell. Really? You hear that? Some people? They have no clue. Willful ignorance. First time we hear of this pair is in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. In fact, what does it say? Let me just read it to you. Jesus, when he spoke in Revelation, the very beginning, he says, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of what? Hades and Thanatos. Death and hell. I have the keys to those things. We see it here in chapter 6, and we'll also see it when we get to Revelation chapter 20, where it says in verse 13 of chapter 20, the sea gave up the dead who were in it. And this is right before the great white throne judgment. And notice, and death and Hades, Thanatos and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. And then death and Hades were cast into what? The lake of fire. We call it Gehenna, a place of never-ending torment. That's the eternal state. That is the second death, and that's where they are going. And notice, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's a company I don't want to keep. It wasn't even designed. Jesus tells us in Matthew 25 that hell was not created for people. It was originally created for his demons and Satan and the beast, the Antichrist and the false prophet. It was created for them And we choose whether we go there. What an amazing thing. I get to choose. I think I'll choose Christ. That's a party I don't want to be around. They're probably listening to ACDC. Hell's bells. Back in black. Dirty deeds done dirt cheap. They're going to be singing. I don't want to be there. Actually, they're not going to be singing. They're going to be screaming. It's a part of the gospel, folks. Again, we can't leave out. I got saved because somebody told me the bad news. The bad news? What was it? Rob, if you continue in this life, in this sin that you're, you're doing, if you continue and you don't repent and turn to Christ, you are going to hell. What? And he showed it to me in the Bible. I read it and I'm like, Fear brought me into the kingdom of God, but it was quickly eclipsed by love and grace. I love it, don't you? Don't be afraid to tell people the bad news. Don't be afraid of turning them off. Tell them. They need to know, because they think they're okay. I'm okay. You're okay. It's like a Barney cartoon. I'm okay. You're okay. You know, and everyone's dancing, and everyone's purple and having a soft drink, you know. A sippy cup. I mean, it's, it's not that way. So I look, verse 8, and behold a pale horse. Notice that all power was given to him over a quarter, a fourth of the earth, to kill with the sword, with hunger, with death, and the beasts of the field. Earth's population as of March 2020 is 7,800,000,000 people. And a quarter of the people, a quarter of the population right now, when this, second, when this third horseman comes on the scene, you know what it's going to be like? A quarter of our current population, as of March 2020, a quarter of it would be 1,950,000,000 people are going to die. One of four people that you see will no longer be here. That's the judgment. Notice he's going to kill the beasts of the field. This, um, the word is 
therion, and it could mean a wild animal. Certainly, because of the famine, wild animals are going to need to eat too, and God's going to allow them, perhaps, it could be the wild... I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our journey through the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.